0: Hey, my friends, long time no see, or at least to me it feels that way. It's been a little while since I've done one of these solo episodes, but I appreciate you guys for taking a moment to stop by here and check out this episode of Real Live Talk. I'm just going to kind of be sharing my heart today and just kind of seeing what happens here over the next few minutes so thank you for joining me um, I hope that the content of this episode blesses you challenges you makes you think something like that if you get anything out of it if you consider subscribing sharing or leaving a review that would be amazing um, let me just say I'm really really just excited about where we are in terms of the podcast right now I've had this month some amazing guests on the show and I've got some really exciting episodes coming up that I'm really really just excited about. I'm so honored to have been able to be a part of some of the conversations that I've had recently, whether we're talking about things like uh, recovery, addiction recovery, or if we've been talking about things on on, on the side of uh, revival and awakening, what God is doing right now. Whatever the, the conversations and topics have been, it's just been truly, truly an honor. Um, it's, uh, it's not lost on me. <laughs> and I feel like I Sometimes I just sit back and I'm like, how how am I even talking to this person right now? How am I in this conversation? And it's just so cool. I feel really, really blessed. And I appreciate you guys for just being a part of it, listening, sharing, um, commenting, leaving reviews, all that kind of stuff. And uh, if you are able to keep doing that for me, I would really, really appreciate it. It'll help us get these episodes and conversations in front of um, even more people. And uh, help the channel to grow, which it's really not about that. It's really just about, again, getting the the, the conversations that we've been having, which uh, I'm just blessed to be along for the ride. And I think we've had some really important, really transformational, really powerful conversations. And I'd love for more and more people to be able to be a part of that. So thank you guys so much. Let me just mention, because usually when I have a guest on, I don't like to waste a lot of time talking about myself or any of my stuff. Uh, but uh, when I do these solo episodes, I have feel like I have a little bit more freedom. So just want to point out, I haven't mentioned this in a very long time, but uh, I have a website called Simple Power Media, simplepowermedia.com is where you can find it. And to be honest with you, it's not super up to date, but there is a lot of content. There's a lot of resources on that website. And a lot, a lot of that website is really designed to focus on the area of helping you to to grow in uh, just daily living, living living by faith, walking in the Spirit, recognizing God's presence, and accessing God's power in your daily life in personal ways and practical ways. I do talk a lot about identity. I talk a lot about faith, talk about healing, um, just different aspects of our walk and relationship with God. And so if you're interested in going deeper on some of those subjects, check out that website, simplepowermedia.com. But also on the website is where it's a good place to just kind of connect with me on whatever social media platform. You'll find all the social links and stuff there. So you can uh, link directly with those. If you have comments, questions, anything like that then uh, I would love to to hear from you. So reach out on social media, reach out through the website. You can send an email through the website as well or something like that, and that'll come directly to me, and I do respond as those come in. So anyway, appreciate you guys. Um, Just wanted to make you aware of that. There's a couple of books there, and I'm working on getting a new book (laughs) released here on the subject of identity, and uh, it's just about done. I'm just wrapping up a few details, working on the cover art, or, or I'm not working on the cover art. That would be a disaster, but the cover art is being worked on as we speak, and so there's there's uh, some cool things there. I'm excited to bring that book out, but I do have a couple of other books, and I uh, have one of my wife's books on the website as well, which is called The Intimacy of Worship, and you should check out that book if you want to grow in your uh, relationship, your lifestyle of, of worship with God, super recommend that book. Um, it's a really cool resource, really easy to read. I think my wife teaches from and writes from just a very down-to-earth and practical perspective, and she has a way of communicating profound truths in a way that's really simple, where I read it, I'm like, oh, that's that, that makes so much sense. I've thought about that before, but I didn't know how to say it like that, and she's got this really uh, just bent toward practicality which I don't know if I I don't even that makes sense the way I just said that but she she leans toward really leans into uh practicality in the way that she teaches and so I would really really recommend that book and uh yeah anyway so check out some resources reach out on the social platforms I'd love to engage with you further Look, the point of this episode, I'm sure you saw the title, I wanted to just kind of lean into a subject that's on the minds of a lot of people right now in the church, in the body of Christ, which is the, the subject of, of revival. Um, this is something that, whether we call it revival or we call it awakening or whatever we call it renewal, I, I personally, I've never really been a big fan of the word revival because it's... To me, it speaks to something that's dead being awoken again um, or revived and I don't necessarily know... Anyway, I, I don't know if I, I... It just depends what we're talking about. I think we... I think uh, it's important to differentiate sometimes and not just throw around the word revival as this blanket statement for every time God is moving. And and I think that's, you know, what, what we've done sometimes. It's fine. It's semantics. I'm not a big fan of the word, but for the purpose of this conversation, I'm going to use the word revival. I'm going to use the word awakening. Whatever you like to call it is fine. But it's very much on the minds and hearts of a lot of God's people right now. I've just been hearing a lot of conversations, been a part of a lot of conversations um, about revival and about what God is doing in the earth. And and obviously the time of this recording, in case you're listening to, to listening to this at a later date, right now uh, this is coming out on February 21st, and I'm I am a little bit behind the the, the curve here as far as getting this episode out. But uh, the uh, this. Revival has broken out on the campus of uh, uh, Asbury University. Um, And that's not the only place that there's been some some sparks of revival recently. It's been breaking out in other places. And really, as a result, there's been a lot of people I have. I have so many friends that are really kind of leaning into this thing that God is doing right now and saying, "Okay, God, you're doing it there on that college campus. I want you to do it on my college campus or I want you to do it in our church, in our community, in our city where we live. And so there's people leaning into it. And I think that that's a really, really beautiful thing, that there's this desire to lean into what God is doing. There's also, I've also been hearing a lot of talk on the other side that says, well, we need to be careful not to call this a revival. We need to be careful not to say that this is something special that God is doing because it's something that's available to all of us all the time. And so I just wanted to kind of share my thoughts on this. The reason why I held back, and I haven't really said anything, I haven't talked publicly at all about Um, Asbury or about any of it because I personally have not had a chance to go and to be a part of it I haven't been in the room and so All of my interaction with what's going on there has been from a distance. Uh, You can check out the live streams on YouTube and stuff like that. And so I've been able to do some of that, but it's been very much from a distance and I'm not a part at all of what's going on there. But I do believe that there is something I've, I've just been sensing. I'm sure a lot of you have been sensing this as well, that there's some kind of a stirring that's going on. Um, in the hearts of God's people. I, I've i been in a, a couple of uh, different places lately. This weekend, uh, Sunday night, I was, uh, traveled to a city uh, about three hours away from where I live, and I was in a meeting that night, and it just seems like there's so much expectation. Not to say that that expectation wasn't there three weeks ago, but I feel like there's an expectation even in just the air, just the atmosphere that God's people are living in that says, Okay, God, um, we know that you're doing something, we know that you're doing things. We also recognize that your presence is always available to us because we're united in Christ, right? Like we're so connected to God, there's that you can't be any closer to Him than you are if you're a believer, if you are in Christ. You can't be any closer to him from a positional standpoint, from the from a standpoint of, of just proximity. You can't even be any closer to God than you already are. But it does become important what we're aware of, what we consciously walk with. Because you carry the presence of God with you everywhere that you go. But there's something that's really amazing about God's presence, that it's like the more we become aware of, of what we carry, and the more we become, I I like the word stewards, I I, I like the concept of stewardship, Um, that, that the more that we become good stewards of the presence of God, recognizing that we carry his presence, like we carry him with us, you carry the God of the universe everywhere that you go, and that's not just like cool biblical language or whatever like we read these verses in scripture that are just so profound and so powerful that sometimes they go over our heads and we don't actually recognize that hold on this is actually a truth that i'm supposed to live in the reality of I'm supposed to live in this i'm supposed to recognize that this is what i walk in and this is what i carry And so, for example, we read scriptures like Ephesians chapter two, verse six, that you are seated with Christ in heavenly places. Like right now, you're seated in heavenly, in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That's an amazing truth that if we don't actually recognize that this is, this is real, this is real life. This is who we are. This speaks to where I am positionally now in Christ and what I have access to right now. It can just so go over our heads that we don't recognize that this is supposed to change my life. Like when I come into the revelation of these kinds of truths, Christ in you, the hope of glory. When I come into in, when I interact with these truths, they're supposed to change my life. And not just so that my life can be changed, but so that I can be a conduit for his presence and for his power to come through so that other people around me are touched as well. because here's the thing, if you carry the light of the universe, the light of the world with you, that means that when you go into a dark place, it's not a dark place anymore because you're there. More importantly, the one who's in you is there. It, it's It's really amazing when we stop for a moment and we think about, what we carry. I mean we know that Jesus is the light of the world, but the the part that I think messes with our theology sometimes is that Jesus turned to his disciples, his followers and he said you are the light of the world. And it's like, well, I don't have anything that this world needs. And and I get that. But the thing is, like, we don't need to take ourselves so out of the equation of what God is doing in the earth, what God is wanting to do in your neighborhood, in your community, in your family, in your circle of friends, in your school, in your place of business, whatever it is. We shouldn't we don't need to take ourselves so out of the of the of the equation, out of the conversation for fear that we might end up accidentally falling into pride and making it about us like we don't need to tiptoe and walk on eggshells with God because Jesus was very very clear about some very profound things that that uh, again if if we're not careful we can we can miss out on what he's actually saying like when Jesus says heal the sick cleanse the lepers raise the dead cast out demons freely you've received freely give that's not just something that he said because it sounded good and 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 our tendency is to twist that and to say, oh, I'm going to pray that God heals the sick. I'm going to pray for God to cast out this demon. I'm going to pray for God to raise this person from the dead. But he didn't say that. He said, do it. He said, you do it. And, th- th- and that's not to say that it's not prayer, that what we're doing is not prayer. But w- what I'm saying is that we need to be aware of the authority that we carry in God. We, we need to be aware of of the reality of of the weight of His glory that rests upon us because He lives within us. And there's something about becoming aware of who He is and who you are in Him that allows that weightiness of glory to not just be something that you carry and steward, but as you carry and steward His glory well, it begins to come off of you and it spills over onto those around you and people around you have an opportunity to come face to face with the living God. So I I just, I wanted to share my thoughts a little bit on what's going on again as a complete outsider and as somebody who really doesn't have a whole lot of authority to speak specifically into the specific revival situations or awakening situations that are breaking out right now. But I do want to say, uh, because I've heard a lot of comments on both sides, and again, I, I've I've tried to kind of stay out of that stuff as as much as possible just because, again, I, I don't I don't have first hand eyewitness information. But I think it's important that when we recognize that that God is doing something, when God is doing something in the earth, whether he's doing it with us or he's doing it with somebody else, I think it's important for us to recognize and honor that. And how we honor that might look different for for different people. But I think it's important. We don't want to miss something that God is doing. And maybe it's just as simple as recognizing, you know what, God, thank you for what you're doing in that university campus. And thank you for how that wave is is spreading out and, and it's actually spreading and impacting other college campuses as well. And other people are kinda taking up that torch or that mantle and saying, this is something that I wanna press into God. I'm not even in Kentucky, I'm in California or I'm in upstate New York or I'm in uh, the south of Florida or I'm in another country or whatever. But saying, God, you're doing something there And, and, and I just, I feel like there's just something just pregnant in the atmosphere. And if we, not to be, you know, I don't, I don't just say that to, to be, to be weird. Don't take that, don't take that as weird, but just recognizing that God's doing stuff. And we can make the mistake of despising what God is doing because it's happening somewhere else or because it doesn't look like what it looked like in the past. That's been probably the biggest criticism that I've heard is that people have said, well, um, this the, this we shouldn't call this revival because it doesn't look like what revival has looked like in the past. And I think that that's a little bit of a a little bit of a ridiculous statement, because when God does something new, you know, we're always excited about these, you know, the maybe the, the most repeated <laughs> prophetic word has been God's doing a new thing. You know, that's that's like a phrase that 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 has been thrown thrown around for years. And it's like we want to talk about God doing a new thing, but then when God does a new thing, we despise it because we think that it can't be God because he's not doing it the way that it was done in the past. And that line of reasoning doesn't make any kind of sense. It doesn't match up to what we want. It doesn't match up to what our heart longs for, but I think we have this kind of over cautionary spirit sometimes or this almost like paranoia uh in the in the spirit where we don't want to lean into something fully for fear that well what if it gets weird? What if it gets flaky? What if it ends up not being this? Something that's really interesting about this particular uh, move of God that's happening on the campus in Asbury um, in Kentucky, something that's interesting about it is that, uh, and I've heard several people describe it this way, people that have been there in person describe it this way, that there's just this very, very peaceful kind of an atmosphere. It's a restful atmosphere. It's a lot of soaking. It's a lot of just sitting in God's presence, and and it's, it's not a whole lot of and again, there might be this stuff going on, too, but it's not a whole lot of outward showy, like flashy stuff. There have been other um, areas, other pockets of revival in the past where they've they've been very showy. There's been people like, you know, on the ground doing, doing stuff, w- wiggling around. There's been there's there's been all kinds of kinds of things, you know, like people constantly just falling out on the floor. And, uh, and and I think that um, that that stuff's great too. But it's interesting that this this particular move that's happening, it's it looks different. It looks a lot calmer. It looks a lot more more peaceful. A lot more relaxed. A lot more laid back. And yet, there's been tens of thousands of people from all over the nation flocking just to be a part, just to see. What God is doing. Let me come. Let me put a pin in what I was just saying about the revival looking different. And let me say, uh, speak to what I just said there a second ago. Uh, there's been other criticism that you know people flocking in, people coming in. They shouldn't be doing that. They shouldn't be you know messing with it. Or there's no reason for them to do that because they can experience the same thing right where they are. And I agree with it 100% that you can experience awakening, revival, renewal. You can experience God's presence. You can experience a move of God every single day of your life. I think that that's the beautiful reality of being one with Christ Jesus, that you can wake up every single morning and you can grab your Bible or you can turn on a worship song or you can just simply, you can grab a cup of coffee and just sit down on your front porch or you can do whatever you want. It doesn't have to, it could look like whatever you want it to look like and you can commune with the living God in a tangible way, in a real way where you can know and experience and feel and sense his presence and he can move on your life and you can whatever you can go to the supermarket and lay your hands on people and see them healed it do, there doesn't have to be a quote unquote revival going on in order for these amazing experiences with God to happen I believe that it's supposed to be a part of our daily life as believers I think that that demonstrations of power are supposed to be a regular part of our lives and I think that they can be and 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 again, I think that it's the I think that is the normal Christian life that Jesus demonstrated to us and showed us. But I think that when we can look at something specific that God is doing and we can say, you know what? God just God just showed up and he started doing something really profound and really powerful in the hearts of of these people that were gathered together in a chapel service one morning and God just started to move and 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 they just began to grab a hold of God and said, we're not ready to be done with this yet. And God just kept moving and kept showing up and, and people kept pressing in and people kept coming. And then it began to spread from there. When we see these kinds of things happening, I'm not saying that for you personally, it's necessarily the right thing for you to, you know, go spend money on a plane ticket and fly in and be a part of it that's going on. But if that's in your heart to do, I would say go for it because it's, it's even though you can experience the same thing on your own at home and you should. When we recognize that God is doing something, that God is highlighting something, I think that if we can find a way to just press in to be a part of that, I think that there's impartation that happens where something that's going on there can rub off onto us. But also just for the sake of saying, God, I see what you're doing and I want to partner with this in any way that I can. And I think that's overall my encouragement is, is in whatever way the Lord would lead you to, just see if there's a way that he would have you partner with his heart in what he's doing. It might be to pray for them. It might be to follow along on a live stream. It might be to get in your car and drive there. It might be to get on a plane. It might be to... Um, just maybe just press in in your own prayer time and to maybe have a a renewed sense of expectation because this isn't something that you were experiencing before and now they're experiencing it there and rather than despising it because it's happening to them but not happening to us then maybe it's something that we could lean into and say god i just want to honor what you are doing in their midst and I'm just, and, and I want to, I want more of that in my life. I want more of that in my ministry or my church or my whatever it might be, right? So I just think, um, if, if this makes sense to you, what I'm saying, if it doesn't make sense to you, what I'm saying, then it, then is then just let it, let it, let it, just let it go. Don't worry about it. But if what I'm saying to you makes sense, maybe it's just finding that way or those ways to partner with what the Spirit of God is doing, because it's obvious that, he's moving. It might not look the way that we think revival should look, but here's another thing that I've, I found really interesting, kind of going back to the, the thought that I put a pin in where I was, uh, what was I talking about? I think I was talking about the fact that it looks different, and so some people are missing it or saying this is not a real move of God because it doesn't look like this. I've heard people say, "Well, it's really just people kind of sitting around and and wait, you know, sitting there and soaking and and singing worship songs and it, that's not really a move of God because we do that all the time." And and or we, you know, I see that all the time in other places or at other churches. That's just the normal thing that happens. But here's the thing. It wasn't normal for them until 2 13 days ago or whatever it was now. It wasn't normal. It wasn't part of the culture for Uh, This kind of thing to break out and especially not in the way that it has now. That wasn't normal life. It wasn't normal for them to cancel classes because there was just such an overwhelming sense of God's presence on the campus and his peace and his kindness and his closeness. That's a wonderful thing and it's wonderful that they're pressing into it. You know, I feel for the leadership and I feel for the, the student body and those that are kind of navigating this right now because it's like, what, what do you do? What do you do when you have tens of thousands of people flocking in? You have media stations, you have the news, you have, I mean, Fox News. I, I, I was reading an article earlier today from Fox News that was talking about, um, you know, what some are calling a revival. And, and it's like it, it's national attention and probably international attention in some ways. Maybe I, I don't even know. I haven't checked on that. But there's all this attention And so now they have to walk with this tension of, well, how do we keep it going and how do we go? And I was reading something earlier today that was talking about that. I don't even know. Uh, It could be that by the time this recording goes out, it could be that it's uh, it's stopped. I don't I don't know. But that they were talking about scaling it back. Um, And and I do know that the infrastructure of the town is not prepared for what's going on. This mass influx of people coming in the, the town itself where, where this is taking place, they're not prepared for that. And so I know that there's some things going on in that realm, just, uh, in the, with the, the actual, the, the stuff, what, what's the word I'm trying to think of here? Um, the logistics. Yeah. It's, it's a logistical nightmare, but I mean, what a great problem to have, <laughs> but I think the, 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 The faculty, the leadership there at the school, I think they're trying to work together with the town and trying to say, well, what can we do here? Because this is actually, it is causing some trouble for us. And, and I think that they're trying to be sensitive about how to navigate that. I mean, I I get it. There's, there's all kinds of stuff going on and you don't want to put human flesh into it and just start making natural fleshly decisions when God is still moving. And so, I, I, there's a lot to navigate there and I, and I, I feel for them, but it's, it's just, um, those are problems that are good to have. I mean, when Paul wrote to the Corinthians and he was writing on points of correction as far as you know how to prophesy in the church and how to bring more order and stuff to this, he brought that correction because there was some wild stuff happening and the people didn't really know how to navigate it, and so things were getting a little bit flaky, probably and getting out of control. Maybe a lot of flaky. I don't know, but things were 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 going, were, things were going crazy, but. It's... (laughs) Paul was bringing some alignment to the issues that were going on because there was wild stuff happening. It was good stuff happening, but he needed to bring some order and balance to it so that new people coming in could understand what was going on. And so that those that were there, that they weren't having like nine hour services if that wasn't what God was doing that day. Like it it was just bringing order to it, but it wasn't all of this order from the beginning of like, okay, well, you got to make sure when you go into a worship, service that there's this many minutes of this and this many fast songs, this many slow songs. You got to make sure that when you're in a prophetic meeting that there's that that this is the way, you know, and, and bringing all this structure to it. The structure came because they were experiencing wildfire. They were experiencing amazing things and they brought some structure in to not control and manipulate what God was doing, but so that they could get the most out of it. And that it could still have an impact, but they, they, they could um, navigate it in, in a way. And so I, I just imagine there's going to be criticism on the other side that, oh, you know, they tried to control it and they shut it down and they did this. Look, I, I think they're, uh, again, from a distance, I think they're doing um, a great job of navigating this season of, um, you know, walking through this insensitivity to the Lord. And anyway, uh, there's there's a lot of stuff that we can talk about on there, but I thought one of the interesting things, somebody, my wife shared a post with me that somebody had posted on Facebook, and I, I would love to give credit where credit is due for this, but I don't really know where it came from uh, because I heard it s- secondhand from, from my wife, but um, the the post was talking about how it's interesting... That this move of God looks different than it's looked in the past in terms of just the restfulness and peacefulness that's there. But their perspective on it was, um, they were talking about how, you know, the generation that, of, of young people that's alive today is probably the, the most anxiety-ridden, you know, stress-ridden uh, generation that we've ever seen. You know, there's so so many people. I mean, I, I hear it almost daily, people talking about their anxiety. And we, we just see so much anxiety and depression. We see so much of this happening today, so many people battling with different mental health issues and and just different things going on in the, in the lives of people. And so her perspective that, that she was sharing in this post was like, um, I, th- I think it's a, a brilliant thing that God is moving in this way where it's this very kind of peaceful, restful, worshipful, soaking kind of an atmosphere because so often in so many of of our people in general but young people i think in particular to an even greater extent it's just so lacking in the last couple of generations that that have been you know on planet earth and so that it's this this peace that god is wanting to bring to to bring restoration to minds and hearts of of people in in this case Uh, students on a college campus and it's just really cool I mean there's so many you know cool parallels that I mean honestly most of the of the major revivals and awakenings that have happened throughout history have started with young people Um, most of them start with people that are just uh, uh, not not poor in terms of finances Um, some have started that way too but 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 poor the poor in spirit right? Those that are just desperate for God. And if we would take this and if we get nothing else out of this, but if we would allow just a deeper desperation for God, for the things of God, just a deeper hunger and thirst for Jesus to grow on the inside of us because of what he's doing in other places, that's what I'm saying. There's, we can catch a wave, And I'm not saying we have to live our lives catching waves. I'm not talking about, you know, jumping from place to place where it's just like, oh, I want to get that. I want to get what they're doing. I want to do that. I'm not I'm not talking about being weird with it. I'm just talking about partnering with the heart of God that he's doing something. Yes, he can do it with you right there where you are right now. But he's also choosing to do something spectacular that looks different with this group of people in this place, in this season. And for whatever reason, it's 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 having an impact that's, that's, that's profound. And so, what if we just found how we, for, for each individual person, for how we can partner with God's heart um, for revival, for breakthrough, for renewal, for awakening... Now, I don't believe that it's God's desire to, I don't believe that it's God's desire to pour out his spirit for a couple of weeks and then stop and then move on. I think that usually when we see that happening, when we see that there's this outpouring that happens and then it ends and it like really ends, then I I don't think that that that's... um, well, let me just say this, that many, many times when that's happened, it's because people got in the way. And so there's an element to this, that when we see God moving, it's, I want to partner with what you're doing, but God, I don't want to get in the way. <laughs> I don't want to end up being a stumbling block or an obstacle for somebody else. And so again, there's stuff to navigate there. There's 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 stuff to walk through there. There's stuff to just remain sensitive to what God is doing throughout that process but i mean when when jesus or when yeah get my thoughts together for a second guys when the holy spirit fell on the day of pentecost on those who gathered in the upper room And then they went out in the power of the Holy Spirit and Peter preached a message and 3,000 people were added to the church that day. And this incredible movement began that had already begun with Jesus that he passed the torch on to his disciples saying, go into all the world, right? And make disciples of all the nations. When he passed on that torch and they took it and they, and they began to carry that and there was this movement that started or this movement that continued that took on new form. It took on new shape. It took on new life. And it was incredible the, the level I mean of people coming to Jesus in droves of the extraordinary, the book of Acts tells us miracles that were happening at the hands of the apostles, the, the power of God that was being released See, God never wanted that to end. God wants that to continue. It's, it's not that the Holy Spirit was poured out and then that was it. It's not that God wants to pour out his spirit for a little while and then leave. It's, it's not that. I'm thankful for the pockets of, of awakening that we have. I'm thankful for these, these movements where we can say, okay, God, you're doing something extraordinary here. Let's lean into it. But there's also this element of this is the desire of God. He wants to pour out his spirit on all flesh. He wants to pour out his spirit on all flesh. And he hasn't stopped. He hasn't stopped. And he hasn't stopped wanting to commune with his sons and his daughters. And he hasn't stopped wanting to bring breakthrough into the lives of people he hasn't stopped wanting to set people in your neighborhood in your community in your city in your in your region free from darkness from bondage from addiction from sickness from sin struggles he wants people to know who he is not to just know that he exists but to know him intimately to know him personally and to know his power and you and i God's people, God's sons and his daughters, doesn't matter if you run a ministry or if Your uh it doesn't matter what you do in life or don't do in life if you are a child of god then his spirit lives on the inside of you you don't have a junior holy spirit you don't have a holy spirit in training you have the holy spirit you have the spirit of god that raised jesus from the dead the spirit of god that rested upon jesus as he raised the dead as he did all the miracles that he did as he set people free the same spirit of god That was so present in the early church of the book of Acts. The same spirit lives and rests in you. Not a portion of his spirit. He lives. The spirit of God lives in you. God lives in you. You are united with God in Christ Jesus. You are in Christ. And Christ is in you. And so there's so much more that God wants to do in you, that God wants to do through you. And so my um, encouragement here, and I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up. I just wanted to share my thoughts. It's probably scattered all over the place. I didn't uh, really think this out or plan this out. I just sat down and started talking. And so I hope it made sense. But my, my encouragement would just be, okay, God, how can I partner with you right now? How can I partner with you right now? Because God is wanting to move. God's wanting to move in you, God's wanting to move through you. God is wanting to bring breakthrough into your life, and and use you to bring breakthrough to his, see His kingdom come to this world as you partner with the heart of God. And so, whether you're going to go and check out one of these hot spots for revival uh, or or not, you know it's okay. God, I know that Your Spirit lives in me, and that this is something that's available to me right now. And so I just want to become more aware. I just want to become more aware. And I think that that's something that God is doing. I think that there's a heightened awareness. I've been sensing it. I've been seeing it. I've been hearing other people talk about it. Just this kind of heightened awareness of just something that God is doing. I think it's really just, I don't think it's an accident. You know, we came through this season of COVID, this season of intense fear the season of lockdowns, this season where so many people's lives were turned upside down. So many people lost their lives. So many people lost loved ones. People lost businesses. People lost church homes. So many churches closed their doors. So many people stopped going to church and they started to go to church online. But then when the church doors reopened, they were nowhere to be found. And so many people have walked away from God. And so many people have just experienced so much, op- as, a, as a nation, and, and even more than, than as a nation, as people on planet Earth, we've collectively experienced some real trauma <laughs> over the past few years. There's been some real collective trauma that's happened, and a lot of people are still dealing with the aftermath of that. And God is showing up in these pockets um, of awakening and i again i think it's profound that in the midst of all that that we've gone through that the overwhelming sense of of revival or of awakening or whatever you want to call it that's going on on this college campus that's spreading to other campuses as well is this atmosphere of peace this atmosphere of rest and i i just i just think that if we could just lean into that if we could lean into that that there's just so much, so much that God wants to do uh, with his people. And so uh, I hope you have an expectation. I hope you have an expectancy for what God is doing in this season, uh, for what God is doing in the world around you. And um, I just pray that that expectation would just increase more and more. I pray that that hunger for God, that passion for God would just increase more and more. And um, I, I just uh, encourage you to in whatever way the Holy Spirit would show you to lean in and to just partner with him in what he's doing in the earth right now. Because as the people of God, I mean, there's just so much darkness and so much just gross stuff <laughs> that's happening in the world around us. But in the midst of that, let me let me speak into one more thing real quick, kind of changing gears, but not really. I, I see an overwhelming uh, amount of believers Christians walking with this kind of paranoia of stuff that's negatively going on in the world you know we see things and I didn't watch the Grammys because I just don't care but we see things like the performances that happened at the Grammys this year where there was like a a, a legitimate. Uh, aim or whatever it was toward this stuff that was pretty blatantly demonic um we 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 see stuff like that in kind of mainstream and you know when the when people in the world that are not even followers of christ are recognizing stuff like that and saying this is just openly satanic and unnecessary then we we should pay attention right we, we we should for sure, but there's this kind of paranoia that we walk with. See, I always think, um, what, what do you expect, you know? Like, what do you expect the world to do? Do you expect people that are not Christians to act like Christians? Because I don't. <laughs> but the thing is, we don't need to walk around with this kind of like paranoia and this hyper judgmental kind of thing and if I know that there's different camps and there's different trains of thought on this and everything, and if you're of a different train of thought, I I I I love you and I bless you where you are, and I and I uh, would love to have a maybe a deeper conversation with you and just see your perspective as well. I think that our different perspectives are are important. Um, I'm just saying I I think that when we're just so quick to judge and so quick to call down God's wrath and God's fire and, you know, America's going to hell in a handbasket because of all this stuff that's going on in the world and because of all these different things. And, you know, I know that there's a, there's a time and there's a place for judgment, but God is so good. He's so good and he's so full of love and he's so full of kindness and he's so full of mercy and he's so full of compassion. And he's so full of these things that he is willing to use somebody as imperfect as this guy speaking to you right now. And he's so willing to use somebody as imperfect as some of the listeners listening to this right now, right? He's so willing to use People like us that are so flawed and so broken and so imperfect. Because he loves people that much. He loves your neighbor that much. He loves um, that, that guy on your job or whatever, wherever that guy, that girl is on your job that's just living a heinous lifestyle. That rubs you so totally the wrong way. But God loves that person just as much as he loves you. And Jesus' sacrifice on the cross was just as much for the Satanist as it was for you. Just as much for the atheist as it was for me. His His death, his sacrifice, everything that he did to bring us into his presence and to bring us face to face with his father he did it just as much for the lost as he did it for you and so i i just think you know when we walk around with this thing you know we see darkness in the world and we see things tragic things we see ter- terrible things we see people mistreating others and we see um uh you know people maybe trampling on the name of jesus and and we we see people doing these things that are just so against what we believe and, and, and what we stand for, when we come at it with such a judgmental spirit, I think we lose so much of the authority that we actually have in that moment to be the light of the world, as Jesus called us, to go into that dark place and to shine forth the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ in such a way that actually causes this world or that room, that atmosphere, that classroom, that, that community to be filled with the knowledge of the goodness of God. And if we are always speaking judgment, how are people going to see the goodness of God? I'm not saying that judgment is not a part of what happens. I'm not saying that, that, that there's no judgment. I'm not saying that there's no, I'm I'm not saying that these things don't exist. I'm not trying to, you know, be like a touchy feely here, but if that's our focus, then how are we presenting a good and loving father to people that are lost and broken and that need it? And so if we're coming at people in a judgmental way and like we're we're wondering why, like why are we confused that we're surrounded by darkness? Like why are we surprised when people in the world don't act like Christians? Like why are we surprised <laughs> about this stuff? So many people in the church can barely act like Christians and we're like worried about why the world, like just be the light of the world. Just be that city on a hill. Just be the salt of the earth. Be the hands and the feet of Jesus. And when you have an opportunity to meet somebody, to speak into somebody's life that might be just in absolute darkness and bondage that might be wrapped up in all kinds of sin that just makes you cringe or whatever it might be, just know that you are the light Of the world and that God wants to show that person who they really are God wants to show that lost person who they really are he wants them to know what their identity is in Christ he wants them to know that he gave his life to die on a cross so that they could be free so that they could walk in and experience the salvation of God to know his life to know his goodness to know his presence to know his power and my friend you carry that with you. You carry him with you. You carry the living God with you into those dark situations. And when you walk into a dark place, that place is no longer dark because you shine forth the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. But if we're unaware of what we carry, and if we don't steward well his presence, then I think we miss out on so many opportunities to be a greater light and voice in the world around us. God's called you into the world. He's not called you to separate yourself from the world. He's called you to be set apart, but he's not called you to disconnect from people. He's called you to be set apart. He's called you to recognize that your citizenship is in heaven. So you are not of this world, but you are called into this world. You've been called out of this world. <laughs> That's what the church is. The church is a called out body of believers. You've been called out of this world so that you can go into this world f- from a kingdom mindset and a kingdom perspective. Um, I love what uh, what Bill Johnson says, or at least I've heard him say it before, uh, where he said something, something to the effect of, God is looking for a people who love not the world that he can entrust the world to and i think that really sums up stewardship in such an such an incredible way and it's the way i'm gonna i've just decided that i'm gonna end this discussion here when we steward our relationship with god to the point that he becomes the primary focus he becomes our goal he becomes our source. He becomes the, the 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 object of our affection. And we steward our walk and our relationship with him well to the point that the other things around us don't matter as much. Then it's like he's able to entrust things to us that would otherwise cause us to be distracted, that would cause us to have this bent toward manipulation or trying to do things in our own strength or in our own efforts. but when our yes for him is so big that it causes other things to lose their luster, we become such a such a powerful force um, in his hands because he's able to work through us in really profound ways. I'm not saying I do any of this well by the way. I'm just saying, that it's an invitation that's available to every single one of us to partner with the heart of God to see his kingdom come. So that, you know, you've probably heard the statement before that the, the revival, the awakening, the breakthrough, the renewal, how about it starts with us? How about it starts in here? How about it starts in me? How about it starts with me getting face to face with the living God who loves my neighborhood, my community, my city so much that he would actually risk his reputation by using somebody so imperfect like me just to get to somebody on the other end that needs a touch from heaven? So, Father, I just thank you for this session. I thank you uh, for those that um, have been a part of this and listened. And I just, um, I just, I just want to lean into what you're doing. I want to lean into kind of this sense of expectation, Father. And I want to have a greater awareness. I want the listener, Father, uh, to have a greater awareness of your presence. God, I ask that you would just give all of us a deeper hunger and thirst for the things of God that our desire would be fixed toward you, that our hearts would be turned toward you to see what you're doing in this season that we're living in, God. I thank you that we're in a season of abundance, a season of breakthrough, Father, where you are just so passionate about touching the hearts and the lives and the minds of people. And so, Father, in whatever way you would use us, God, I just we just ask you, do it, Lord. Do what only you can do. And uh, just help us to be aware of how we can partner with you, with what you're doing in, in the world around us, and, and, and just more aware of your presence and the reality of your presence that we carry with us everywhere that we go, into every bright place, into every dark place. I thank you, God, that you are the light of the world and you live within us, and that you call us to be light to this world around us as well as we shine forth the brightness, the brilliance, the beauty, the goodness of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So just show us what that means. Show us what that looks like in a in a deeper way, in a greater way, so that we could walk uh, with you to see breakthrough um, happen, to see your kingdom come and established here in the earth. We thank you, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Bless you, my friends. Thank you guys so much for taking the time to be a part of this episode, this conversation. I would love to hear from you. I would love to hear your thoughts. Agree, disagree, medium, you're not sure. All of that is all good. I'd love to hear from you. Make sure you leave a comment and a review on whatever podcast platform you're listening on, or even if you were watching this on the uh, Facebook page or on YouTube, or wherever you caught this, uh, please leave leave a comment, if you can leave a review on the platform you're on, that's like the most helpful thing, I will be your best friend, I'll come to your birthday party, like just, just I would love it, if you uh, are able to take uh, a, a moment or two to uh, leave a review, or a comment, or something like that, for now guys, I appreciate you, have an awesome rest of your day, and uh, make sure I have an awesome uh, episode coming out, next week. It's already been pre-recorded. I'm so excited to bring it to you guys, so make sure you're uh, just on the lookout for, I think this is episode 143, so 144 will be out shortly, and um, you're going to be uh, just blown away. This is an awesome, awesome conversation. You don't want to miss it. Bless you guys, love you, and uh, see ya next time.